All right, everybody, welcome into Sideline Spectator, episode 15. I'm your host, Jake Smith, along with my co-host, Sam Kell, and the third chair, Mr. Drake Downs. Follow us on Twitter, at JakeSmith1844, at SamWeezy2, at Downs, the number four anything. Uh, listen, we're going to give parlay to poverty later on in the podcast. Sam is plus 1,400 for this football season. That's nuts, Drake. I'm not sure where you're setting at right now, but... If you're into sports betting, I, I'm not a better, but these two guys are. You need to listen to, to what they're saying. They're they're positive, and you know we want to make money, and we want you to make money. So, uh, guys, opening takes. Uh, I'm going to go first. So the Dolphins have to trade for Deshaun Watson immediately. So it came out uh, from a source that's very close with the Dolphins that says that. Uh, Brian Flores is currently, he is on the hot seat, which makes sense. I mean, they're starting out one and five, but I mean, he's a new coach. So here's the quote from the source. There's a really negative vibe there right now. A lot of players don't trust Brian Flores. He thinks he's a player's coach with an open door policy, but players feel he isn't flexible enough. And then the owner says that he is concerned about the direction of the Dolphins currently. Regardless what Deshaun Watson is going through right now, you better believe that Brian Flores is knocking on the GM's door every single day, trying, begging, hey, please give me Deshaun. If not, I'm going to get fired. You might get fired. Usually, you know, GM the coach, they... Typically, they go hand-in-hand hand, uh, for the most part. You know, usually the, the GM will last a little longer. Um, but in this situation, I'm sure Flores is just begging for them to trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, Sam, you sent me that that tweet that there might be a little bit of a holdup, and I'll read that tweet uh, right now. So it's from Barry Jackson. Uh, he is from – he's actually from the Miami Herald, but he is reporting – that the Houston Chronicle is reporting this. So he says, Houston Chronicle reports Dolphins and Texans have agreed on trade terms for Watson. So apparently the deal is done. However, Dolphins want his legal issues resolved. Like, no, duh. Everybody wants to, like, figure out what's going on uh, before consummating the deal. Chronicle suggests uh, Ross wants clarity from Goodell uh, being Ross, as in the uh, the owner for the for the Dolphins, uh, wants clarity from Goodell on the length of a potential suspension. So it sounds like Ross is cool with the trade because why else would you ask Goodell? Hey, so if if he is convicted of all this stuff, what's going to be the suspension? What am I going to be looking at at, at this point? Um, if I'm the Dolphins, Brian Flores, whoever, I you got to get Deshaun. You got to save your job at some point. I mean, what what does he have to lose right now, guys? Nothing. Like like Brian Flores has nothing to lose. They're starting out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got you got Ross that's cool with it, but you know he's obviously concerned with the direction of the team. I mean, guys, like you got to make a move for this guy if if you're Flores, if you're Ross, right? I agree. I agree, hundred uh, percent. He is a franchise quarterback a franchise changing quarterback you insert him into any team in the nfl and there's only about a handful that don't get better and the ones that teams that don't that maybe don't get better 
it's probably going to stay just about the same. There's only one or two quarterbacks that I say that you'd get a drop off by putting Deshaun in. I mean, he's he's great. Like I said, I'm a Chargers fan, but leading up to the drafts, we had that number six pick. I, I'm saying go get Deshaun. I, I don't care. I, I, Herbert would be awesome, but you have a bona fide superstar. Yes, has been injured. Two big injuries, two ACLs, one in college, one in the NFL. But he's bounced back and even better both times. So, I mean, I love Deshaun. Anytime I play Madden, I fantasy draft, I always go get Deshaun Watson because he's just a – I think he's a gamer. I mean, he's – I think he's a better Dak Prescott. Uh, I almost think that Miami is trying to play it a little too safe here. It's almost like they keep saying, like, okay, we'll do this, but he's definitely going to play, right? Like he's definitely cleared and he's okay and all this stuff. If all this stuff was cleared up, there's a lot more competition, a lot more uh, hats in the ring, if you will, about trying to get Deshaun. I think right now is a perfect opportunity for Miami to say no risk, no reward. If we take a risk on the outcome of this uh, situation and the indictment, uh, and then it works out for us, we just got Deshaun Watson for Tua and some picks. Uh, but then they say, okay, Deshaun's innocent, and now you got maybe 10, 12 other teams and that may have a more attractive franchise than Miami. So I think Miami's playing it a little too safe right now. They need to go ahead and make that jump. Yeah, it's coming up pretty soon. The trade deadline is next Tuesday at 4 p.m. That's November 2nd. There have been two sources that I've heard from the radio today, uh, Mike Florio being one and then Albert Breer being, being the second one, that both of those guys said that there was an over 90% chance that Deshaun gets moved to Miami before the trade deadline. So who knows? Might happen, might not. Obviously, all the legality, you know, Ross is for it. Uh, all right, Sam, opening take, what do you got? Uh, this weekend's a big weekend for me. We Patriots-Chargers game, we got... In my life as being a football fan, the Patriots have absolutely robbed me of any absolute hope or anything, anything, any kind of happiness in the postseason. Patriots have robbed me. This weekend, after getting beat 45 nothing last year in a game where Cam Newton throws for 60 yards and no touchdowns, and the leading receiver is the freaking German guy that also returned a punt. He had one catch for 38 yards. We get beat 45 to nothing. This weekend, we get revenge for Phillip Rivers. For myself, for last year, we went by three touchdowns. Three scores, 21 and effect- points. And effectively, we end y'all's season. Like y'all have done to us so many times before. I know all the Patriots fans and are going to be burning my house down, coming with pitchforks and fire. But we, because you lose this game, I think, by 21. I think that, that, I think that really ends y'all's season. I think that puts y'all at, what are y'all right now, three and four? Yeah, it would put us at three and three five. And, five. And, then, yeah. and then you're you're wanting draft picks because you realize that's two teams in a row that are gonna probably make the postseason that y'all have been y'all are competitive with Dallas. Should beat Dallas probably. But I think the final nail in this season's coffin, maybe the final nail in Bill's coffin, depending on how what Kraft's feeling. That that might be Sam's like strongest take of the of the whole season. I mean, Sam, you were passionate right there, baby. And this game uh, it is not even important to the players. It's not an important game. I mean, it's, it's important for the Chargers, but like, it means a lot. I would love to just put the final nail and just end the all season. That would just make nothing would make me happier. But so, I am a Tom Brady lover now, which makes me sick to my stomach. But so, so you feel you feel you would feel vindicated if the Chargers were to win against the Patriots, just because like we we've, we've beaten y'all almost every single matchup yeah. imagine, imaginably uh, over the past twenty one seasons. 
So you would feel vindicated with a victory in the and, regular uh, it, season, and you would feel as if, like, okay, like it's over. Like yes, the, it, the, yes. The, the torture is over. It's We're starting from scratch now. It's 0-0 zero, zero from this game on. Yeah. I, in my Sunday at 3 p.m., I will be exercising some demons, I hope. I, I Finally, Brady's gone. Drake, what do you got for your opening take? Uh, some opening take. This week, boys, is going to be – with all the talk of Mike Tomlin never having a losing season at Pittsburgh, I think this Sunday against Cleveland, a injury-riddled team, uh, it's going to be a must-win for Ben before they start exploring other options, in my opinion. He just hasn't produced. He's looked uh, about as mobile as a tree out there, and his arm, you can tell, it's just not there. The strength's not there. He's uh, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, 1,515 yards. Yardage looking good, but uh, doesn't have the the numbers to back it up as far as touchdowns go. Uh, I think it's been, you know, it flip flops. He goes from Big Ben to Fit Ben, or so they say. You know, they're saying the off season he was eating better and all this stuff, and then he just he actually looks even unhealthier than he did before. I I think he just. It's it's a career coming towards an end. I don't see him taking a role as a backup. This might be his last season. Yeah, the BB7 or uh, the BR7 diet, you know. Or No, they called it the BB7 diet, Big Ben. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they called it, a little playoff of TB12 diet. Uh, so news around the league, Drake, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll move that into uh, my Steelers take uh, for news around the league. So Mike Tomlin – the the press conference already came out. He's he's denied it. He said, you know, USC could write the biggest like they could hand him a blank check. He wouldn't leave Pittsburgh. So this is this is the report just because we have to cover it. Uh, Ex NFL coach and USC alum Jeff Fisher is in the mix for USC's coaching position. Sources say on Monday, uh, former USC QB uh, Carson Palmer said candidates include Penn State's James Franklin, Iowa State's Matt Campbell, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle, and Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. Now, Drake, Mike Tomlin, besides Bill Belichick, is the longest-tenured coach in the NFL. Obviously, all good things have to come to an end. I mean, if you're the Steelers at the end of the year and your season is continuing to traject down as it has, you always look at the coach first. That's always the first guy that you look to. I would love to see Jeff Fisher. Drake, you don't think you both of you guys don't think so. I would love to see Jeff Fisher try his hand at college football. Why would you guys not like that? Oh, I'm just I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about him purely if I'm USC. I'm not thinking about inter- entertainment factor. Entertainment, it would be awesome because screw USC. I hate them anyways. But it would no. I hate them. I I would love to see that just blow up. I mean. If I'm Tennessee, or if I'm a college sports fan, uh, a good historical program, I don't want Jeff Fisher, the most losing, the losingest coach of all time in the NFL, to go anywhere near my program. Yeah, kind of just what off Sam said. I mean, I watched him run the Rams into the ground uh, <laughs> and literally pick up. So, like, the Titans would go two and fourteen, and then they'd cut somebody, and then the next day the Rams would pick them up. And I'm just uh, I watched that happen for I don't know ten years maybe or however long he was there entirely too long. Uh, he drafted Jared Goff. I'll leave it at that. One thing I want to say is shout out TC because I saw he tweeted it today or retweeted it. Uh, James Franklin is 
pretty much gone. His bags are packed. They're by the front door. Uh, based off, I don't know if you guys watched that uh, press conference with him. Uh, I, I feel like every time a big coaching job comes up, Jeff Fisher's name's always thrown in there and all this. But like James Franklin pretty much said, hey, it's been real. It's been fun, but I got to go where it's a little more sunny. James Franklin would also be pretty electric at USC, I, I think. He's a He's a, you can't deny his recruiting ability and, you know, being able to have a top-notch recruiter in Southern California, I mean, that plays 100% every single time. So speaking of the Steelers as well, uh, Baker Mayfield, his status for Sunday is up in the air, not like it matters. I mean, uh, Baker's just not very good. We've said it a million times on this podcast. I'm not a Baker guy. I was, when he was at Oklahoma, I remember when we were in college, Sam, like at Bethel and watching his games and stuff. And it's like, man, this guy, this kid can absolutely play. And it's so weird to see the difference between him and Kyler Murray because Murray was the quarterback immediately after Baker Mayfield. And you saw Kyler Murray play and you were like, wow, this is like the same stuff that Baker was doing. So maybe Baker isn't all that special. And we're definitely seeing it in the NFL. Baker, he's a strictly a handoff guy and a play action guy. If you ask him to take your team down for a two minute drill, he, he can't do it. Drake. So if, if you're the Browns GM, are you tossing your hat in on the Deshaun Watson? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, like I said, on Tuesdays, if you're, there's five or six teams in the league that don't need to call for him. Everybody else should make a call. But everybody, if if you're the Texans talking about who has a better shot at it, right? Or would you rather have Baker? Would you Absolutely. rather have Tua? I'd rather have Baker than Tua. Baker than Tua, 100%. Yeah. Browns, that's what I'm saying. Like the, Miami's trying to play it too safe. Browns could have a, a great chance at it too, but Browns are, or the Dolphins are saying, well, I just want to see. I want to make sure he'll be you know, not indicted and all this stuff. It's like you can't take that time because you'll have 10 other competitors. The Browns are in a, probably a better place to do that, considering Case Keenum's better than their starter. Their backup's better than their starter right now, anyways. So even if Deshaun can't play for a couple of weeks, you got Case Keenum, who just went to an NFC Championship a few years ago and was close to winning a super, go, going to a Super Bowl. So the Browns are probably better set up to do it than the Dolphins, and they got a good team. You guys are completely glossing over the fact that Deshaun Watson is not going to waive his no trade clause to go to Cleveland, Ohio. He might. That's he, the problem. He might. He I mean, went, that's, that's he wants a, to that's, live in Cleveland. LeBron to, didn't even want to live in Cleveland, and he was born and raised there. Developing I mean, take right now. Developing but, take. LeBron went from Cleveland to South Beach. Apparently, Deshaun wants to leave Houston. Definitely wouldn't want to go to Cleveland because Cleveland stinks for South Beach. Everybody wants to be in my like Miami Vice territory. You know what I mean? Nobody wants a piece of Cleveland. Nobody wants a, a piece of Akron, Ohio, Canton, whatever. A little more serious note. I feel like it needs to be addressed. Uh, Carl Madsen, he was a NFL official for 24 years. Uh, he was 71. Uh, he actually passed away on his way home uh, from the Titans and Chiefs game. I'm not sure if uh if you guys knew about that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very uh it wasn't very well reported on Twitter or anything like that. Um but dude was 71 years old, spent 24 years in the league as an official, so you know, prayers up to him and and his family. 
Um, it, it's just wild because uh, it hasn't been reported yet on how he died on his way home. Nothing's been you know said about it, so it's it's kind of open ended right now. Last thing, Mark Ingram gets traded to the Saints. Uh, I don't really like this. Mark Ingram, I get it. He's been playing for the Texans this season. Uh, career worst, 3.2 yards per carry. You know, I, I could probably do that in the NFL. He can catch the ball a little bit. He can power run a little bit. He can find the hole. But he's not just great at just any one thing. He's just kind of like steady. Is he steady? I would agree with that. Yeah. A more talented Lindell White. With that, Brandon Cooks went to Twitter and said that this is BS. And I thought it was hilarious. Adam Schefter retweeted uh, Brandon Cooks' tweet. I was like, what is Schefter doing right now? Um, but I, I just thought that was funny. But uh, Brandon Cooks, if there is a sell for Brandon Cooks, I want him back in New England. Sam, I know nope. you want him yep. in, Future Charger, in Los Brandon Angeles. Cooks. That would be a very good fit uh, for the Chargers. Drake, what did you think of Cooks with his time with the Rams? And do you think that he would play, you know, going across the street? Well, you know, he's with the Texans now, but going to the Chargers. I enjoyed him when he was there. He was a great deep threat. He, like you said, take the top off a of defense. You have maybe a post and a curl from Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and then you got Brandon Cooks off the top of the defense for 60 yards. I mean, it was fun. You got to watch him, but he's not really like, let me, like a utility receiver. He's not your just your first look, and he's he has not been that way since, in my opinion, New Orleans. Correct me if I'm wrong with his stint with New England, but his I want to say his rookie or early on in his career with New Orleans or yeah New Orleans he he was tearing it up. I felt like he was really their established wide receiver one, and I don't feel like he's been that unless this is going to be my first Houston game I watch, and that's because they play the Rams. Um, do I think that he'd be a good fit for um the chargers yeah i think he would i don't think that he's going to have that position that he necessarily has with houston or that he wants um but i don't understand him being so upset about the mark ingram trade that houston's dumping everything they've been dumping everything and just starting clean i don't know why he's so surprised Sam, could you imagine how big of a fit Keenan Allen would throw if they traded for Cooks and he gets even less targets than he's getting right now? Yes, yes, and but if you're Keenan, you gotta be happy about that because right now, I mean, you can you could essentially double double up Keenan and Mike, and because no one else on that team's beating you, like they're not. You could if I'm a defense playing the Chargers, I'm gonna play tight man-to-man coverage with two other top, and I'm gonna give help to Keenan and Mike. And that's what we'll do every time and make Jared, old ass Jared Cook beat beat you, and maybe Jalen Guyton or Eckler. But no, I, I I agree with what you're saying, Drake. But the beautiful thing about the Chargers, we don't need him to be a utility receiver. We don't need him to we don't need him to catch five balls a game. We need him to take the damn top off the defense because right now people are going to come up on us and they're going to play the short stuff. And Keenan and Mike, neither one of them are burners. They're getting wide open touchdowns because they're they're coverage bust. Like we're that's the only way we're getting deep ball th- deep balls at this point. Unless Mike's making a contested catch, which he he can do. But we got we need that speed guy because Jalen Guyton and Jalen Guyton is Jalen Guyton. So so l- let's play a little exercise real quick uh, before we get into Matt Matt McCarthy's uh, interview. Sam, so is Brandon Cooks the one guy that you would make a move for at the trade deadline, or would you go defensive tackle? Defensive tackle. Drake uh, Rams. 
what's the position that you would go after? Cornerback, safety. No, mm. you got to pick one. Got to pick one. I'm going to have to go cornerback. Jalen's so strong. But, again, if they're not going to fix that little rover position they've got him in, uh, we got rookies out there. We've got second-year players out there. And, I mean, I, I really like uh, Jordan Fuller at the safety position. He's having a down year compared to last year. But, I mean, we got we got no names out there playing cornerback, and it's it's tough. So I'm going to go cornerback to the Rams. Uh, for the Patriots, I'm I, if you ask me this question after week four-ish, I would say an offensive lineman uh, by far. The defensive line is a problem. Cornerbacks are so up and down right now. McCourty is like 50 years old. But I'm actually going to go with linebacker uh, for the Patriots. Uh, Hightower, he, I, Sam, you've heard me say it since since week one. He's looked a step slow the entire year. He took last year off because of COVID. Kyle Van Noy, uh, you know, his reunion, if you want to call it that, with the Pats has not he hasn't done bad but he has literally been like a no-show he i haven't noticed him at all on the field the entire season so that that would be the position for me if the patriots were to make a move at the deadline would be get some kind of young ish linebacker to start building that core back up because you got hightower you got van noy and then Jawan bentley he's 26 i want to say and he's actually improved from his previous seasons, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So there's a yep. lot of questions with the linebacking core for the Patriots. Y'all going to have Kenneth Murray Jr. His second second year. All right, so everybody, let's uh, let's welcome in our interview with Matt McCarthy. All right, everybody, let's welcome in Matt McCarthy. You can follow Matt. It's at Matt McCarthy nine eight five. You can listen to him. Look at his articles on 98.5 The Sports Hub, also 98.5thesportshub.com. Matt is one of the hosts of Hardcore Baseball with Tyler Milliken, and also he joins in with Tony Maz on Fridays, I want to say, on the Baseball Hour. Uh, Matt, welcome on to Sideline Spectator. Hey, Jake. It's great to be here. Uh, good to be alongside. All right, so I've got a question. We'll we'll talk Red Sox. We don't get to talk a lot of baseball because my co-host he he hates baseball. So so we're gonna get it in <laughs> real like quick. You need to talk some sense into that guy yeah. or gal. <laughs> so we'll get into Red Sox, then we'll get into the Pats. So look, Matt. So like every CEO or every business owner, whoever you know, celebrity, whatever, they always have an assistant. Sports like Tom Brady has like Alex Guerrero. I would consider him like his you know little gopher guy, I guess. So. Does Tyler Milliken, does he want to be Heim's personal, like, calculator? Yes, 100%. <laughs> what else? Do, like, uh, you know, there was a time where he was bordering on criticizing the Red Sox this year, and we were like, oh, I hope Heim's not listening to this, Tyler. We don't want you to do that. Uh, yeah, no, he, he Milliken loves Heim Bloom. Loves him, loves him, loves him. Can't do anything wrong. If you listen to the most recent episode, we talk about all the successes Bloom had this year. Milliken could not bring himself to admit that Bloom's roster construction hurt the team defensively. Like, it wasn't Bloom's fault. It was Xander Bogarts' fault. It was Raphael Devers' <laughs> fault. What is your overall opinion on nerds in baseball, as, like, as blunt as I can put it? Um, obviously, like, Milliken, super smart. Uh, you know, we talked about it before we started recording. Like, one of the most, you know, prominent, you know, baseball talkers right now in in Boston, at least, likes to bring up, you know, all the new statistics that, are, that they're using, like bad bip and all that kind of stuff. What What's your overall opinion on how, you know, Felger Maz like to say the, the nerds are running the sport? Yeah, 
in the end, I don't think it's good for baseball because I think what we've seen is it's taken kind of the human element out of the game. It really tries to remove all that. I think it's it's made baseball a little bit more nameless and faceless, which which I think is the problem. And, you know, the analytics, they they work, though. That's the thing. Like, And what the Tampa Bay Rays do is remarkable. How successful they are with the resources that they have, it's incredible. So theoretically, that should be good for a sport, right? It should be good for a sport that a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, with the resources that they have, can go toe-to-toe with the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the, you know, the biggest names. That's what makes the NFL so good is there's parity. Like the Green Bay Packers have just as good a chance as, you know, what one of the smallest market teams and frankly, all of North American sports, they have as good a chance as the Dallas Cowboys or the Patriots or the Giants or the Jets or the Niners or anybody like that. Like that's what makes football so good is parity. And I think in baseball, that's actually hurt the sport because it's not the fact that they're successful. I think that's good for baseball, but it's the way they approach the game. You know, starting pitchers used to be the most important players in baseball. Now you've got 17 guys coming out of the bullpen. The casual fan can't name them. And what's the reason to watch? It's it's become more about watching the matchup than it's become about watching the actual pitcher. And don't get me wrong. I love second guessing the manager. I love thinking about how a game's going to break down. I love the strategy of baseball. I want more strategy in baseball. It's why I love the National League game so much is I like the strategy that having the pitcher hits creates and, and, and all of that. But I just think it's gone a little bit too far in baseball. And I think it's slowing down the game too, which which perhaps is the biggest issue is baseball is a massive pace of play issue. I mean, the World Series game took over four hours last night. I, I can't I can't have that. And you know what? I didn't have anything to be up for today. I can't have it. The casual fans certainly can't have it. If I've got a problem with it, you know, my neighbor three doors down, you know, who likes baseball but doesn't love baseball or whatever it is, whoever that guy or gal is out there, uh, that's not good. It's just not. Felger and Maz, they talked about it today, actually, that ratings are so down uh, in terms of game one of the World Series. Like, ratings were down compared to few, to uh, to past years. But, man, we got a list. So, you know, you got J.D. Martinez, got the player option, 34 years old. Kyle Schwarber, mutual, 28 years old. And then you got guys like Garrett Richards, 33, Adam Adovino, 35, Eddie Rodriguez, 28, uh, Martin Perez, 30, Christian Vasquez, 31. But, you know, right now, the main two that is up for debate right now is J.D. Martinez and Kyle Schwarber. Between those two, I mean, just as simply as I can put it, I heard I heard you and Milliken talking about it on Hardcore Baseball. I mean, who do you keep, man? I, in my let, let me get my opinion out first. JD, I fit that guy is so analytical. When he's at DH, the whole time that uh, the Red Sox are out in the field, he's looking at that iPad. What he did the last, you know, at bat, he videos all of his, you know, BP at bats, everything, man. But then you got Schwarber, who's a little younger. Is he a first baseman? Uh, probably not. <laughs> but between those two and the whole JD thing, I think that with him being as anal as he is about how he approaches the game, I think he helps the younger players so much. So, like, you got kind of like a give and take with both guys. Who do you keep, in in your opinion, if you had to pick one out of these two? Well, if I had to pick one, I would pick Schwarber, and I think the Red Sox would probably make the same decision. However, it's not really their choice. So Martinez is under contract unless he chooses to opt out, which likely is dependent on whether there's a universal DH in baseball, which is dependent on the CBA 
And Lord knows what's going to happen with that. We could have a work stoppage for all I know. We'll see if he opts out. And I'm sure the Red Sox would love to keep Schwarber. They will definitely pick up their end of the option. But after the year Schwarber had, I don't think there's any way he picks up his end of that mutual $11.5 million option. So my sense is Schwarber hits the market and J.D. Martinez probably, probably doesn't. So I think the decision will be made for them. If I had to choose, I would choose Schwarber. He's younger. You know, Martinez, while he definitely helps the younger hitters, I don't think he's as impactful himself at the plate anymore. He's a guy who you've gotten just about everything out of you could have wanted to get out of him when you signed him before the 2018 season. Um, and I don't feel comfortable putting him in the outfield uh, that much anymore either, particularly with, you know, the the injuries he keeps picking up. I mean, my God, he got injured running out to the outfield, tripping over a bag. So um, that concerns me. I think you probably keep one, and I think it's probably Martinez, but I would prefer it to be Schwarber uh, because I just think he's probably a more impactful hitter at this point. Yeah, and also what, what people need to understand is how how does Duran and then, you know, Tristan Cassett, like how do those two guys play into it? You know, you got Cassett that's a first baseman, so it's like if – if Casa does, in fact, you know, get promoted to to the forty man, you know, after spring training, then we can move Schwarber around as we need. Be, I mean, Cora loves moving guys around. I mean, we sure. saw it with Kike uh, and and Verdugo. He finally was like, okay, you're definitely not a center fielder. Like you're you're more of a left left fielder. So those two guys definitely factor in. Matt, what do you do with with Xander Bogarts? I love him personally, but his defense. I I don't know if he's a short side. I mean, you got. You draft Marcelo Meyer, you know, yep. your, your number one overall pick, and then you still have Jeter Downs in the system. I mean, what, what needs to happen with Bogarts? Well, Bogarts, I think, will probably play shortstop next year. Um, uh, Downs is not ready. Uh, he's tearing up the fall league right now, which is good, but he just had an abysmal year in Worcester. I think a lot of people think Downs is a second baseman anyway. Um, so Jeter Downs, to me, is almost a bonus at this point. You know, this is a guy whose star has certainly fallen since he entered the organization, and this is a top 100 prospect when the Red Sox acquired him. You're not going to find him on any top 100 prospect list at this point. Maybe the fall league will change that a little bit for him. In regards to Bogarts, he is probably not a shortstop long-term. I will fully acknowledge that. I think some of the criticism of Bogarts at shortstop has been unfair because the advanced metrics, the analytics, are not kind to him at shortstop because his range is is nothing special. It never has been. He makes every play he should make, though. And I will take that from a shortstop who's going to give me 25 home runs and hit 300 every year. You get that type of offensive output from that position, and he's not killing me at short, I will take that any day of the week. You know, when we talk about the, the analytics and, and the nerds, for lack of a better term, you know, these are the people who are, are not yet willing to criticize Kyle Schwarber for his play at first base, but have been just raking Xander Bogarts over the coals for his play at shortstop. Why? Because the analytics aren't kind to Bogarts. Schwarber's out there killing them in game five of the, of, of the ALCS. Meanwhile, Bogarts is making every play he should make. So he's he's not a shortstop long-term. I saw Xander in, in Portland in 2013 every night. I didn't. I wasn't convinced he was a shortstop then, just based on the range, based on, on the overall ceiling. He, he's done a tremendous job to improve at that position, you know, since I saw him in double A. Listen, he's going to be approaching 30 soon. The bat's going to keep him in any lineup. So first and foremost, what you need to do with Xander Bogarts is you need to sign him. You need to extend him. He is at the core of everything you want to do. You sign him, you extend him, and he's a team player. You're going to figure out where to put him eventually. Because 
the bat's going to play anywhere, Jake, right? I mean, you could move him to second base. The bat's going to play there. You could move him to third base. The bat's going to play there. It's my understanding that Devers really takes a lot of pride in playing the field, so I don't think they want to move him off third base. So I don't see third base being Bogart's spot eventually. He's got the bat to play left field. You could put him at first base, but you've got Casas coming up. Like, I don't really care where Xander Bogarts ends up because wherever he ends up, he's going to do a solid job because he's a solid player in the field. He's going to be nothing special, but he'll learn to play whatever position they have him play. You know, he's a good shortstop, which means he can play second, means he can play first. You could teach him how to play left field. He'll get it, and the bat's going to play anywhere. I don't care where he plays. They just need to sign him. Last Red Sox question, then we'll get into the Pats. Uh, bullpen. That's so, like, obvious for this Red Sox team. The, the bullpen has to improve. It, it has to. I, I mentioned it earlier. Garrett Richards, Adam Ottavino, Erod. All three of those guys now, you know, starting pitchers. But, uh, you know, Erod got, got demoted. Uh, Adam Ottavino, I had no idea. He was he's 35 years old. Yeah. He's old and he's like completely a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. I don't think he'll re-sign with Boston, probably because Caravas hurt his feelings, you know. Uh <laughs> so I don't know if you heard that, but he said that uh Caravas said that Ottavino gives him school shooter vibes just because of like his face and his demeanors. <laughs> and he unfollowed he unfollowed Caravas uh on all social media after he made that comment. <laughs> but uh, I, I, did not, um, I did not hear this. I'll have to I'll have to check in with Jared to see if he's doing okay. Man, I mean bullpen. Uh, like just in general I mean what do we need to do you kind of alluded to it earlier from what I heard Jeter Downs not you know you're not going to find him on any top 100 prospect board is he a piece that you could possibly move in order to acquire some some talent in your bullpen. I would definitely consider moving Downs and Duran. Uh, Casas is the player that I am not moving. Downs and Duran, you know, to me are a significant step, uh, you know, away from, you know, from the prospect that Casas is. Duran shot up the prospect boards like crazy this year. I'm not necessarily convinced uh, he can fly. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of strikeout in his game. I'm not necessarily sold on on Duran. So if you if you got like an impact pitcher for him, I would consider making that move. Downs the same thing, particularly if Bogarts is your second baseman of the future. It, Downs isn't a shortstop. You know, Marcelo Meyer is three four years away at this point. But like, I'm not concerned about the Red Sox developing hitters. They develop hitters with ease. Bogarts, Devers, Betts, Benintendi. I mean, just run down the list. Casas, the next guy. Vasquez, core player. Like they've got no problems developing hitters. They can't develop a pitcher to save their lives they they got to go outside the organization to do that so i would make duran uh duran and downs available in trade talks this offseason and yeah the bullpen is key i mean whitlock i think is a starting pitcher how i think they still hope is a starting pitcher so you're talking about two guys who were who are key cogs your bullpen down the stretch here they might be in the rotation next year who knows with matt barnes adam Bonavino's, as you mentioned probably gone they got to add some significant talent from outside the organization pitching is absolutely the top of the list for this offseason they must address their pitching staff and the bullpen's a big part of that yeah over 162 avaldi can't pitch every single night you know? so, <laughs> right <laughs> right uh, that guy what balls on him I, of course I, i'm sure he went up to cora every single night and the clubhouse and was like hey i'm good to go tonight if you need me you know what i mean i mean i i'm very pleased at what i saw out of him transitioning to the pats so matt the patriots are three and four right now kind of a fake in my opinion a fake three and four two wins against the jets and then a bad win if you want to call it that against the texans broad question but what's the state of your uh, of the team in your opinion matt they're all right they're just, they're just all right like it's i think they've got a good quarterback i, I don't know you know if he's going to be a superstar quarterback or anything but like they 
they found a guy who can play in the league, which is which is no small task. That is a significant development for them. But there are three and four football team. It's just like it's so true with Parcel said. You are what your record says you are, and that seems about right for this team. I mean, they they've been in the majority of games that they've played, but they've been sloppy. They turn the ball over defensively. They're a massive disappointment for me. Uh, they've got a lot of problems in the back end of that defense. That secondary is an issue. You know, I mean, you really have to question the decision to uh, not pay Stephon Gilmore what the man wanted. Then you put him on PUP, then you ship him off. And now John Jones is hurt. Mills hasn't been, you know, the, as impactful a player as you had hoped. I mean, they've got some issues. They've got some big time issues. I think they're just an okay football team, which to me is disappointing because all the money that we spent in the offseason, all, all the money that they spent in the offseason. They should be a little bit better than just an okay football team because I think you've gotten something. You're, you're starting to get a little something out of the quarterback position. Like Mac Jones has not killed you offensively. I mean, they lit the jets up, but they should be winning. They should be winning a little bit more. I mean, they put up 29 points on the Cowboys. You got to win that game. You know, like you fumbled late against the dolphins who are what one and five. You got to win that game. they are three and four football team and it's what they deserve. D Mac got a nab injury. He's probably not. They, they've already said he's not going to be out long-term or anything like that. Jonathan Jones out for the year. You get rid of Gilmore. Didn't want to pay him. I, mm-hmm. I, I was on the boat. You should have paid Gilmore. What, what was the point of like franchising Tooney? last year right and and given you know transitioning gilmore's money and and then spending all this money and then it's like oh we're gonna get rid of our best defensive player probably that one defensive player of the year two seasons ago mills you said he's up and down Jawan williams like just not being good at football in general they're going up against the chargers this week they've got a my opinion Top six to seven best quarterback in the NFL. If, if you had to right. rank him, Herbert is insane. He's going to have a long career. Uh, so you got him. You've got to stop Keenan Allen. You've got to stop Mike Williams, Jared Cook, Austin Eckler. I mean, what are they going to have to do to be able to slow down this Chargers? Obviously, like they had the huge win against the Chargers last year that made yep. Herbert, you know, look like he's never, you know, played football in his life before. I yeah, mean, what, what, like what? a five and 11 Chargers team or whatever they went. Like <laughs> yeah. With Anthony 10. Lynn coaching. Yeah. That doesn't right. know what a game clock is. What do you think you're, we're going to see out of the defense in order to slow that offense down? Uh, not much. I mean, but you want a pathway to do it? Like they, they got to get to the quarterback. They, they got to yeah. pressure the quarterback because I, I just don't think they can cover. I mean, you can find ways to scheme it up. You can find ways to hide it. And, you know, you hope you take advantage of a young quarterback. You got to get to him. You got to confuse him. And, and that is the recipe for success for the Patriots this weekend. But like, if you're just talking about going mano y mano, you know, just let's man it up and let's go. That's not going to work, you know, because they're more talented at the skill positions than you are in the defensive backfield. Like, that's just a fact. You know, the Patriots have limitations there for sure. So you have to hope that, you know, that Matt Judon has a big game. Like, that, that still feels to me where the Patriots can, you know, get some wins on the defensive side of the ball. You know, maybe the pass rush. Maybe the front seven is going to come together a little bit more. I mean, I, I think they're better than what they've shown i mean judon's been a force judon's probably the best player on the team to be totally honest or at least on the short list i mean he's been spectacular but like as a unit they really need to turn up the pressure on herbert that to me feels like their their chance at, at, at doing something defensively this week otherwise it might get ugly. i hate saying this because hightower is such i mean call it what you want he's a pivotal part to like dynasty 2.0 totally he has fallen off i mean he took last year off coming back he looks slow this matchup against austin 
Eckler. With Hightower, with Van Noy, those two guys at Bentley, Bentley's not the fastest. I, I've been very impressed with Bentley and the yep. steps that he's taken from, from his previous years to this year. The defense, they did a lot better against the run. Uh, they they have been. But in terms of just like Austin Eckler, like exclude Herbert and, and his weapons. I mean, Eckler against this linebacking core and the rush defense in general kind of scares me. Yep, very concerning. I would agree with that. Matt, let's play let's play a little uh a little game. So the Patriots as it sits right now, they have a 28% chance of making the playoffs. Okay. That seems about right. So they they're currently 3 and 4. I'll list off all the games, okay? okay. A little Felger and Maz, little, oh, you know, little exercise. Lose. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Chargers lose. Panthers, they'll win. Browns. That's at home, right? Yes. They win that game. Okay. Uh Falcons win even though it's thursday night that's uh, that's why i pause there uh titans loss bills loss colts win bills loss jags dolphins win loss wow so going zero and two against the dolphins this year they always lose in miami <laughs> that's they a fact always do it's brady like, era yep. brady era doesn't matter it's a straight up fact and every year everybody picks that miami game at miami a win it's like have you not been watching for the last 20 years they will lose that game and I don't know what, you know, what that win-loss brings me out to, but, like, I do envision a scenario in which they get to Week 17, they're playing Miami, or I guess Week 18 at this point. They get to Week 18, they're playing Miami, that it got a crack at the playoffs or whatever it is, and you lose to Miami. Like, I absolutely envision a scenario. Like, I, I don't rule it out one bit, Jake. I mean, uh, 20, was it? It was 2018, last game of the year against Miami, when they put uh, Gronk thinking that Tannehill could throw the ball 70-plus yards as a safety, and then we lose out on on the number one seed. Then we have to go to Kansas City. Luckily, it all worked out in the end. But so that brings you to the exact same record. We don't have the same games, but that brings you to the exact same record as I have. What do you? It's have? eight and nine. And doesn't it feel like that's? I mean, that's a big line, doesn't it? Between nine and eight, eight and nine. That's uh, you know, I don't know if nine and eight gets you into the playoffs. It's hard to kind of like. I'm. I was told there would be no math, but like adding that extra game kind of screws me up. But like nine and eight feels like an outside chance at the playoffs. If tiebreakers go your way, this, that, the other thing, particularly with the seventh playoff team, eight and nine doesn't get you there. Fact. So why? I I, I want to ask a question. The Browns. You know, you, you alluded to to the home game, but is that the only factor? Like, do you think that the Patriots are so close to the Browns that it all it takes is that is that home field advantage i mean baker mayfield i think that dude's horrible like he's yeah. he's awful in my opinion um but in terms of the the rush i mean we just saw dearness johnson you know on thursday night football light it up against that offensive line uh why why do you have the browns as a win in that well i should say at home but the patriots have been so putrid at home this year that i feel like that shouldn't be an advantage but that is a gut thing more than anything else and it's like maybe i just can't bring myself to say that like the browns are going to come into foxborough and beat the patriots but I have no reason for you, Jake, other than the Browns aren't coming into Foxborough and beating the Patriots, right? Like, I, and I know it's not the way it used to be, all right? It's, it's just not, like... Yeah, it's just from how our brains are trained from the Browns being, like, absolutely putrid throughout right. the 2000s. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, you see those guys on TV and you're like, oh, that's a loss. And then you look Perfect. at their roster and it's like, oh, wow, they got Miles Garrett. Uh, they've got Nick Chubb. They've got uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, they've got a solid team. I'm going to ask a tough question. Because it seems as if Mac Jones is, he fits exactly, you know, I feel like McDaniels is taking the training wheels off week by week against the Saints. That was, that was one of the worst like called games yeah. that I've ever seen Josh McDaniels have. But I feel like, I mean, again, granted, you're right. It's against the Jets, but you kind of saw he, he was able to let Mac kind of 
do his own thing, and I think we'll continue to see that week through week. He'll have to he'll have to throw the ball around in in order to beat the Chargers, in my opinion. So as Max sits right now, suppose Deshaun Watson, suppose he he gets free and clear of of all this junk that, that's going on with him. If you're Bill Belichick, do you call Nick Casario and and you're like, hey Nick, you know you worked for me for 20 years, you know what what's it going to take for me to get Deshaun, obviously you'd have to throw Mac into that package. If you're Bill, do you, do you pick up the phone on that? Yes, of course you do. The issue is I don't think ownership would necessarily allow that. I mean, that is, that is an ownership level decision beyond football, but we're keeping this just a football. Absolutely. You do that. Mac Jones and whatever it takes for, you know, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Deshaun Watson's one of the best players in the league, um, but it's more complicated than that. I know you can't like just say, "Well, take the you know take everything else out of it." Let's say everything gets cleared and all that. The reality is that is still hanging over his head. It's the reason he hasn't been traded to the Dolphins. So I believe, so I understand, so I think we all understand. You know, from reading John McClain and all that, like, and just seeing all these reports, it's the reason he hasn't been moved yet. So yes, you make that move from a football standpoint, one hundred percent. But if you're Robert Kraft, do you make that move for your organization? It's one of the toughest calls, too, from an ownership level perspective, because that immediately gets you back into like, all right, the Patriots are off and running. As much as I like what Mac Jones has given you, Deshaun Watson's a different beast. I mean, the guy, the guy's one of the best players in the league and you have one of the best players in the league at that position. You're an instant Super Bowl contender or on the precipice of it. Right. And then you build up the rest of the roster. You go from there. You've got your quarterback of the future, your quarterback for now, all of that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, Bill's never, he has happen. never made a move like that ever. If he has a guy like that, he always trades him away before they get, you know, a year too early than a year too late. Well, I mean, it's not that Bill has shied away from, he brought in Albert Hainsworth when Albert Hainsworth <laughs> was facing a, you know, sexual assault, you know, claim, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Bill has brought in a lot of guys, uh, Michael Floyd with his extreme DUI in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like Bill hasn't shied away from that. Antonio but, Brown. Antonio Brown. But when you're talking about the quarterback, the face of your franchise, that is an ownership level decision. It goes beyond Bill Belichick. Uh, Ted Johnson, do you, is Ted Johnson on steroids? I mean, he looks better than <laughs> than he than he looked when he was playing. Ted is the the man is a machine. Let me tell you, if 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 I were ever choking, I would not want Ted to perform the Heimlich maneuver on me because he would squeeze crack the your sternum out of my head. It would it would be painful. Uh, he would save my life. Uh, perhaps they'll kill me in the process. Uh, Ted is the man. I, I, let me tell you, I love picking Ted's brain about like workout strategies and stuff like that. Not that I'm, you know, a, a you know workout freak or anything, but like Ted just has the best attitude about it and the best advice. And I mean, he's just given me a few tips that I feel like have really helped me. Like it's just, he's passionate about it. Ted loves it. He loves working out. He loves, you know, taking care of his body. Um, I, I think, I think it's just, it's such an important thing to him. And yes, Ted could 100% still get you a stop on third and one. He would still <laughs> slam into a fullback on third and one. Absolutely, he could do that. The man, the man is a machine. You know, he is he is so honest about his experience as, as just a person, as you know, a player, uh, as just everything. He's he really is. He is one of the people that I really look up to in this business because I just so admire his honesty and you know, how seriously he takes it and the professionalism with which he approaches uh, every show. There's nobody more prepared for a show than Ted Johnson. Like the man loves it. He's honest. He's himself. And my God, do I love, uh, do I love picking his brain about anything like 
late 90s, early 2000s Patriots. I love geeking at it. It's one of the coolest parts about my job. I love working with Ted and just getting to hear the stories from, you know, the 01 Patriots and all that. Oh, he's awesome, man. Uh, Last question, just plain and simple. Should the Patriots, should Bill, should Kraft, should they have given Brady the contract that he wanted? Or do you think it kind of ran its course? I think, in my opinion, Matt, the only reason why it ran its course is because of the whole contract thing and mm-hmm. and kind of the as Brady wants to put it the disrespect uh and or Brady's dad wants to put the disrespect yeah. that he had throughout the throughout his remaining years in New England. I mean what what do you think? Undeniably, it was the contract. Brady wanted a contract that would carry him through age 45. That's what he wanted. The Patriots were only willing to go year to year, and it was a massive mistake. Uh, It is, to me, one of the great mistakes in the history of sports. I mean, you let Tom Brady walk out the door, the greatest player in the history of the league, when he still has something to give. Guy won a Super Bowl last year. He might win one this year. Might win the MVP this year, for all I know. And you let him walk out the door, the most important position in sports. um, To me, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. And... You know, I've heard, you know, a lot of excuses from, you know, Patriots fans saying, well, they wouldn't have won with Brady. They wouldn't have won with that roster. Well, so that's just an indictment on the way they build the roster. Like saying you can't have Tom Brady because your roster isn't good enough. That makes no sense to me. Like, it's just, yes, Tom Brady should absolutely still be here. Undeniably 100%. And I think if if Kraft would have stepped in, you know, obviously he stepped in with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, as it's mm-hmm. reported um, in, in 2017 with, you know. Which I believe, by the way, away. 100%. Yes, I do too. That was the worst kept secret in town before, you know, the Seth Wickersham story came out. Uh, you know, we were just waiting for, you know, for somebody to kind of piece it all together. I mean, if I had heard it, I heard that about a month before uh, the Wickersham story come out, everything in that story. Um, so I 100% believe that that Kraft didn't order the trade of Jimmy Garoppolo, but made it clear that Tom Brady was still going to be the quarterback after that year, which then made Belichick trade Jimmy Garoppolo. That's that's what I believe. And so with that, with, with Kraft stepping in at that point, the roster has to look completely different, correct? Yeah, right. I mean, but that involves hitting or missing on draft picks and hitting or missing on players. Like, they did try to, you know, it's not like they deliberately tried to screw Brady over with the roster. Like, that I think takes, you know, that's a step too far. They tried to trade for, or they did trade for Mohamed Sanu because that was the guy Brady wanted. That didn't work. They brought in Antonio Brown. He lasted 11 days. That didn't work. So, like, they did try. I criticize Belichick for for missing on players. I criticize for him for missing in free agency, for missing in the draft. But it's not that they didn't try. The roster just needed to be better, plain and simple. You don't think Bill Belichick is good at drafting wide receivers? I is that what you're telling a, me? I think there's been with a Chad Jackson, uh, you know Bethel Johnson, uh, you know Nikhil Harry. I mean, geez. I may have when I went to the Brady game a few weeks ago. One of my friends was wearing his Chad Jackson jersey, which I said that is. <laughs> That is spectacular right there. I don't think I've ever seen that. (laughs) Me neither. And that was the best part about it. It's like you're wearing a Chad Jackson jersey to Tom Brady's return, a receiver that Brady probably hated more than just about anybody. And uh, yeah, that was that was a power move, and I respected it. All right, Matt, this has been fun, man. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, everybody, uh, follow Matt on Twitter at Matt McCarthy nine eight five. Download, uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, Hardcore Baseball, and then also tune in to ninety eight point five. Listen to the Baseball Hour. If you miss it, you can always just subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Matt, we appreciate it, man. Hey, Jake, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Don't be a stranger and happy to come on anytime. Thanks, bro. All right, so that was our interview with Matt McCarthy. Make sure to check him out on Twitter at MattMcCarthy985. You know, big time Boston sports radio guy. uh, Does a lot of baseball, but also covers the New England Patriots as well. 
uh, big fan of his work. Uh, hopefully, uh, he offered to come back on at some point uh, during the season. So we'll get him back on. Said that I did a good job. So, you know, maybe my questions were awesome. Uh, all right, guys, preview tonight's game, which everybody won't hear this until tomorrow. Uh, Packers at Cardinals. Packers, baby. Go, Pack, go. I'm going to be the only one to pick them, but I don't care if they have me and you playing wide receiver. Go on, I'm picking the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. There's two ways this game goes tonight, and I can I can visually see the headlines, and it's either going to be the Cardinals blow them out by 14-plus, and Cardinals are legit. I, I get it. Blah, blah, blah. 8-0. Whatever. Or Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers things and somehow finds a way to beat the Cardinals, and it is Aaron Rodgers is magical. There is absolutely no chance that the Green Bay Packers win this game tonight. The Cardinals, oh, yeah, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, you know, his hamstring is a little tweaked. Take DeAndre Hopkins completely out of the game. They've still got Christian Kirk. They got Rondell Moore. They got Chase Edmonds. They've got uh, James Conner. They still have uh, AJ Green, which, I mean, you know, is whatever. But He's dead. Uh, they got Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz caught a touchdown in his very first game with the Cardinals. Guys, Aaron Rodgers has like a bunch of janitors and custodian workers to throw to tonight. He has absolutely nobody. He's got Robert Tanyan. And he's got that St. Brown kid uh, that's the brother of that kid that's a receiver in Detroit. And then he's got Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. That That's it. I don't I don't understand. Yes, I get it. Like, it's still Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I would say the same thing if it was Tom Brady going out there. Like, you can't count him out no matter what. But, I mean, like, let's be realistic. And the game is in Arizona. Like, did, did y'all forget that? Like, the, the game is an away game for the Packers as well. Drake, you got something? Uh, just a question, actually, since we were listening off the Packers receivers, and this guy was impressive last year. I just feel like I uh, maybe I haven't paid enough attention. But what happened to Valdez Scantling? He's out. He's out. What too. happened? His ham- hamstring, I think. Scantling. Okay, but I haven't heard Adams much of him this this season. Lazard. I feel like. Well, he's been throwing it to Devonte Devonte every yeah. time he can, so that's why. I mean, I've heard about Lizard and Devonte, but I haven't heard much from <laughs> MVS. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. He's. I know all I know is he's out. But I, I've got a Cardinals in this one by by two touchdowns. Okay, it's going to be by two scores, hundred percent, fourteen points at minimum. As long as it's ten, it, it can be ten. That's fine. Ten. Uh, all right, Panthers at Falcons. Panthers. Falcons. Matty Ice is red hot. Falcons all day. Sam Darnold has been absolutely atrocious. The game is in Atlanta. There, there's no way that the Panthers can pull that off. And I don't think Gil- Gilmore still isn't playing. Uh, Dolphins at Bills. Bills. Easy. Bills by nine. Bills as well. Uh, 49ers at Bears. This was actually kind of a tough game for me because it's at it's at Chicago. Sam, what, what do you think on that one? 49ers. 49ers are going to play play every game. They've they've been in every single game they played pretty much. I mean, Colts score a garbage time touchdown, but I'm going to go Niners. Yeah, I'm going to go Niners too. Uh, I mean, I hate the 49ers, but Justin Fields got to show me more. I totally agree with that take, Drake. Justin Fields, so far, 
you guys he know sucks. I've been an, I've been an advocate for him because he's got every he's got the tools that you want. I do think the game right now is moving a little too fast for him because he's a rookie. Uh, so I'm going to go 49ers. Also, 49ers again. Jimmy Garoppolo back. You know the greatest quarterback of all time. So uh, yeah, so I'm going Niners on that one, Sam. I know you love that I just said that. Uh, <laughs> Steelers at Browns. Steelers. Uh, I think Steelers have a lot riding on it, so I think they pull it out too. Three for three, boys. I got the Steelers as well. I think yeah. this is Ben Roethlisberger's coming out party this weekend, especially if uh, if Case Keenum rolls out there. Actually, he's I better than think, Baker. You want yeah, you we want I, I, Baker I agree to roll with out there. You earlier, Sam. I do. As you said that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I agree with that. And and as I'm thinking it currently, yeah, I think Case Keenum kind of fits what they do a little better than well, Baker what the thing is, does. when you get off script, Case Keenum can can do things as opposed to Baker. I mean, you get off script on script. Baker's great. Baker's a top five quarterback when you in his first fifteen plays because they have that scripted. But you get him off script and get him to third and ten. Third and eight. Yeah. I mean, you can't just run, run, pass yeah. every time or run, run. I mean, how many, down. how many plays in the NFL are going to be scripted? I think you got about 20% of the plays that are like, yep, this is exactly how I planned for this to go. Which that's why I think they lost to the Chiefs week one because you, once you get, you get off script and I think that you just. You get, yeah, struggle. you get, I mean, in the NFL, you get two, two drives that are for sure scripts and that's your opening drive and then your opening drive after, after halftime. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, Steelers, three for three on Steelers right there. Eagles at Lions. Lions, baby. Get their first win. Let's go, baby. They've, they've been so close. They're going to get one. They're going to get it this week. Jalen Hurts sucks. He reeks. Jared Goff's going to throw for 300. Okay. Lions are electric for an 0-7 team. The best 0-7 team ever. ever. As much time. as I would love to see them – I wouldn't say love. That's a little harsh. But I would like to see them lose – in a close game, because then I can keep saying they're the best defeated team ever. But no, I'm, I'm with Sam. Jared Goff throws for 220, three touchdowns, and an interception. 300 for Jared Goof. Three for three, back to back, boys. Lions. Let's hammer the Lions. They're getting Drake 100%. They're the greatest, greatest 0 and 7 team in the history of the NFL. And I'll put that on a daggum note card and put it on our Twitter profile. The Lions are going to get their first win. Sam, you're 100% right. Hurts, I was on his bandwagon whenever he Me got too. drafted. Me he too. He is horrendous. I was on it last uh, weekend and offseason too. I was on his bandwagon. Titans at, at Colts. Titans. I don't know why they're not favored. It's it's stupid. Colts are, Colts have been good, but they're due a loss, and they cannot stop Derrick Henry, just like they cannot stop Elijah Mitchell last week. Titans are the most, in my opinion, disrespected team that is five and 5-2. They get zero respect. Titans go out and hit the Colts in the mouth in Indy. One million percent. Titans disrespected. Not even the Tennessee Titans, Drake. Derrick Henry. And we've said it, we've said it for weeks on this podcast that not only the Titans, because the Titans without Derrick Henry, who knows what their stinking record is. Derrick Henry essentially is the Tennessee Titans right now. Right. And I get the media maybe not talking so much about the Titans, but what I don't understand is the media completely ignoring the fact that 
Derrick Henry is on pace to break uh, Eric Dickerson's ru- single season rushing record and become the first player in NFL history to have two 2,000 yard rushing seasons. He's averaging right. 124.1 <clears throat> yards per game. That's on pace for 2,109.7, if you want to count the point seven, but 2,109 yards uh, for the entire season. That would be four more yards. Four yards, than, yeah. Than Eric Dickerson's, you know, with just, the 17th hey, little, game. Little, little, yeah, little second and second and four play, okay, you know, so, just boom, right up the middle. So you're not going to take it away from a man ED because there'd be a little asterisk beside it. 17 game season. So no, but I agree. I listen to I listen to these networks and all this stuff, and then the Titans they go out and they beat Bills on prime time right Monday night. It's great. They uh, yeah, Josh Allen slipped or whatever. Uh, I guess Taylor Lewan for the Bills is out, and so he's injured. So that's why they lost or whatever. Chris Broussard. Uh, but then the, they beat the Chiefs. They embarrass the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs are just in distress. Like, no one's giving the Titans credit. I think that might be a lock this weekend. When the Titans beat the Colts this weekend in Indy, and Derrick Henry rushes for 130 yards and, like, two touchdowns, if I don't see Derrick Henry's face on a graphic from ESPN or Bleacher Report in the MVP conversation, I might block those accounts. I just might do it. I might get zero. I might get all of my information from Barstool and Adam Schefter, and that's it. Oh yeah, last week he threw a touchdown pass because he said, "Damn, y'all want me to be an MVP? Do I gotta do throw touchdown passes? Okay, I'll start doing that." <laughs> all right, Bengals at Jets. Jets. What? I'm, I, I'm kidding. Yeah, Bengals. Bengals. Jets suck. <laughs> Almost like is that your final answer? <laughs> no, Bengals are legit. I'll keep saying it until they give me a reason not to. They are currently, Sam, I saw you uh, You retweeted this, uh, that the Bengals are currently the number one seed in the playoff pitcher as it sits right now, which is, mm-hmm. it was the weirdest thing for my eyes to glance at that I've ever seen in my life, that the Bengals were the number one seed in the playoff pitcher. Which the Chargers were last week before they went on bye week, so. Just... So, I, I've got the Bengals in this one, though. All right, Rams at Texans. Rams, I mean, I, I don't have to even elaborate, I don't think. I... Yeah, the only elaboration that I have is that the Rams have – I went back and I watched the highlights, and there's a whole lot of emotions with the, the Lions game going on that I didn't realize how actually close that game was. I had people over. I was stressed out, a few beers. I didn't – like, but I watched it, and I didn't realize how close that game was. The Rams, if they want to be taken seriously as a top-three team in this NFL – they have to blow this Texan team out. So I want the Rams to win by 21, and it needs to happen. Yeah, it's Rams 1 million percent. Jags at Seahawks. This was a tough one for me. It's in Seattle. I know, and Jaguars are going to win. Dude, it's not crazy. It's not no, crazy. The, the Seahawks blow. They absolutely blow. They only scored, what, seven points the other night? Ten? No, the Seahawks can go to hell. Geno Smith can go to hell. Pete Carroll sucks. The, screw the Seahawks. The Jags are going to win, and Urban Meyer is going to have fun with some Seattle girl that night, I bet you. Sam, it sounds like the the Seahawks, it almost sounds like they lost you money. They did. I, I went negative $5 last weekend. It was a terrible weekend. Oh, wow. You, After going plus $1 million the weekend <laughs> before. Um, but I'm going to go Seattle. 
I just Geno Smith. I'm not going to fault him too much for the weather. It's not like he's been in Seattle his entire career. Should know how to throw in the freezing cold rain. And the Jets. Um, he was he was in he was playing, in New York. He's playing decent. He's he's getting good looks. And dude hasn't taken a snap since 2018 before these past couple games, and he still looks pretty decent against the Rams. It wasn't a fluke. He actually has been pretty solid. So I don't see this happening. Uh, Urban's going to go out and get some booty on on Saturday night and then <laughs> not be ready to play on Sunday. Now, I agree with you. Geno did look good against the Rams, but I don't know if y'all watched the game the other night. They were content to run, 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 punt. And I get it, it's raining. I would have trusted Geno. I was, I would have trusted Geno to throw the ball there. I mean, look what he did to the freaking Rams. And you're playing the Colts, who, whose defensive backs are all dead. Oh, Pete Carroll's getting fired, and he's going back to USC at the end of the season. Yeah. I've got I've got Seattle in this one. Sam, your 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 speech right there almost convinced me to go with the Jags. It's just a home team thing for me. If if yeah. the Seahawks were led by Geno, but the game was in Jacksonville, I'd probably go Jags on that one. But I, I'm gonna go with the home team on that one. Uh Washington football team at the Denver Broncos. Oh, Denver Denver reeks too. They're they're just as bad as Seattle. Uh give me Washington. I think I almost fell asleep hearing you bring that game up. So Yeah. Yeah, give me the Broncos, but I don't – this might be a one-point game, dude. Uh, Washington football team all day long. Taylor Heineke might be the, the best Le- quarterback in the The NFC legend of Taylor right Heineke. Now. Yeah, right. Uh, Bucks at Saints. Bucks, and they're only four and a half, too. I, I, may, I may hammer this this weekend. I like the Bucks because of on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Forgive me, I forget which game. It was Monday night, sorry. James was out there throwing dots. He was out his, there. His receivers did not, yeah, his receivers were not catching the they, ball. They couldn't all. catch COVID if they wanted to. So I'm going Bucks. And let me clarify the Saints suck too. Seattle and the Saints both suck. Not being able to score 28 damn points. It's ridiculous. So I'm going Bucks on this one. Um, I think, what, Sam, what did you say the line was at? Four and a half. Bucks minus four and a half. I'd take I'd take the Saints with the points. Uh to you're, be honest. No, no you're li- crazy. listen, listen. The Bucks against the Saints last year, I know last year is last year. They did not play particularly well against the Saints, mainly the Bucks offense versus the Saints defense. Minus Janoris Jenkins, the Saints pretty much have the same defense back out there. And Tom was talking about it on the Manning cast that he was doing research on some of their some of their corners and their linebackers. And uh, he told Peyton Manning, he was like, you know, this Saints team, and they were the same way with this last year. They've got a bunch of athletic guys that match up with us, with our receivers very well. So I, if Tom Brady knows that the Saints are a good matchup versus the Bucks receivers, then I would probably listen to him. But I do, I mean, I say all that, but I do have the Bucks winning in this one. Cowboys at Vikings. Cowboys. Cowboys are dogs. I know Dak's a little banged. Dak's a little banged up. Uh, the Vikings. I picked them every single week to win. Actually, this year I picked the Vikings to win in all their matchups. Yeah, uh, I think Vikings are the best 500 team or 500 sub 500 team in the NFL. But the way the Cowboys have been playing this year, dude. I mean, it's been electric and it's been fun to watch. I'm taking Cowboys by six. Cowboys all day long in this game. All right. The best Monday night football game to ever be scheduled. The New York Giants 
at the Kansas City Chiefs. What in the world was Roger Goodell thinking or whoever does the stupid schedules to even if the Chiefs are good, even if they're good, which they're not, why would you put them on Monday night against the New York Giants? I mean, what are we doing? If you're the National Football League, this Monday night game should be flexed to Thursday night football. Like, why would you put the Packers and the Colts on Thursday night football and then turn around to end the week with the Chiefs versus the Giants? I don't understand. This is the wor- This is one of the worst Monday night football matchups I've ever seen in my life. Because uh, you got the fa- the future faces of the league, Daniel Jones and Pat Mahomes facing off on a Monday night. I mean, you've not been looking forward to this all week. I I, I can't I can't wait. No, screw this game. I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna bet on it. Probably, Chiefs <laughs> Chiefs. I I say they're gonna roll, but that's not a product of them turning around. The Giants are just terrible. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to tonight's game, Packers Cardinals. It's gonna be fun. Monday. Without any sports on my bedtime's like eight thirty, so I fully expect to be asleep before kickoff. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with the Chiefs on this one. I really don't know what the NFL is doing scheduling this game. All right, Sam, uh, Pats at Chargers. Who are you picking to win this game? You know who I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking the Bolts. Uh, I kind of already said my thoughts about that. You can't drop two in a row. Can't see us dropping two in a row. Y'all are coming off two big wins from the Jets, so I know y'all are riding high. But uh, no, I, I think it's – you talk about more important-wise. I mean, y'all are chasing a wild card. We're chasing the division. And the Raiders got a pretty it's cake schedule. It's an important schedule. game for, bo- for both teams. Yeah, I, I can't give it a must-win to either – to either either team because you want to distance yourself from the Chiefs because you're assuming they make a run even though I don't think they do but the Raiders are five and two right now also so and they're on by so you want to tie it up or take the division back while they're on by this week so Chargers it's tough uh, the worst thing that you could do is doubt Bill Belichick so Bill Belichick has said real football doesn't start till November and October 31st is pretty dang close to November. Um, so let's roll, man, baby. I, dude, I just think I think the Pats are playing angry football right now. After, last week, they could have easily took the foot off the gas. I know it's a division rival. I'm going Pats, man. I'm they going ran, Pats in a last second field goal. They ran like four fake or four trick plays. Like they put all those stops against the Jets, man. But they didn't. They didn't have to do that. They are playing angry football. We are going to make a statement to the rest of the league. I'm not saying. That this they week had is going to be that. the statement, though. This, this week Samuel, will be the statement. That's what Samuel, I'm saying. Let, let me, let me, let me get it's your a playoff game for the Pats right now. All right? I agree with that. I agree with that. Here's it's what's about to happen: the, the Chargers stink against the run. You know what the Patriots are going to do? They're going to get the ball in their opening series, and they might not even let Mac Jones throw a single pass. They're going to take Damian Harris, and they're going to run that stupid toss crack <laughs> sweep, and they're going to run him right behind Michael Owenu. And they're going to run the ball down down your throats. And then Justin Herbert, they're going to score a touchdown opening drive. And then Justin Herbert is going to get the ball back. And you know what's going to happen? The exact same thing that Bill Belichick did to him last year when he did that Amoeba defense. Had like basically on passing downs, no down defensive linemen. Had the linebackers walking around. Justin Herbert didn't know if the sky was blue. He didn't know if the grass was green. He didn't know if there was actual zebras or if they were referees out on the field. Bill Belichick is going to make Justin Herbert look like Zach Wilson, look like Jamarcus Russell, look like Ryan Leaf. Anybody, insert 
insert bad quarterback. That's what he's going to make him look like. I love Justin Herbert. However, the Patriots are going to win this game. I know in the interview, everybody just heard me and Matt McCarthy both pick the Chargers. But you know what? I'm changing my mind. The Patriots are going to get this win in Los Angeles. Oh, dude, it ain't going to work twice. That Justin is too smart for it to work twice. It might work to an extent and limit him, but he's going to throw for three touchdowns. If I can find that prop, like I said, he's coming, he got his ass kicked last week. Probably the worst loss he's ever had as as in his life. And you know what he said in his press conference after the game? Last year? No, this past, their last game against the uh, Ravens. He said in his post-game press conference, they threw things at me that I didn't recognize. There is no coach better at doing that than William Belichick. That's a fact. <laughs> Bella Fraud. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. I'm, I'm excited for the game. Is it going to be? I hope. Hopefully, it's on TV here, so I don't have to illegally stream it. I'm, I'm actually taking the players out of the equation with this, and I'm, I'm thinking a mastermind in Bill Belichick, and I'm thinking a rookie head coach in Brandon Staley. Yeah. I'm thinking mind games. I'm thinking not only Justin Herbert's going to see things he's never seen. Brandon Staley's going to see things he's never seen. Bill might punt on second down just to <laughs> mess with him. Yeah. And Brandon Brandon Staley's going to be messed up the entire rest of the game. He's going to say, I, why did he do that? He's planning something, right? No, Bill Belichick looked at Damian Harris last week, and he said, look at me. Look me in the eyes right now. You're going to get your head out of your ass, or I'm going to find somebody from the University of Delaware lacrosse team, and they're going to be my scat back, and they're going to rush for 100 yards, or you're out of here. The and thing is, Drake, he would actually do that. He would pull anybody from a college lacrosse team and put them in the Patriots. Line. Chris Hogan, I don't care. Bill Belichick does not care. Now he's playing desperate football because he's three and four. Dude, don't like to lose. I'm sorry. I hope the Chargers win because I like the Chargers and I hate the Patriots. But the Patriots, they need this game more than the Chargers do. All right, boys, parlay to poverty. Top three bets. Sam, what do you got? Uh, Bills alternate line, minus six and a half. Bills off a loss, off a bye against the Dolphins. Uh, Josh Allen is something like stupid, like 2,500 yards or something like that and only like eight games against the Dolphins, seven games against the Dolphins' career. It's something crazy. I don't know. I've seen it before. I said it last time before they played earlier this season. Minus six and a half. That's probably my lock of the week. Second, Tennessee Titans money line. Don't know why they're dogs. I get it's in Indy. I don't care. Uh, they're actually, it's, Drake, is up to plus two now. Titans money line plus 110 right now. Might go up, might go down. And the third, Steelers money line plus 162. Don't know why that's that high. Don't care. I'm taking it. Sam, piggybacking off of you. I love the spreads. I love the money line. P Pittsburgh. Right, I spread all day money line even. I mean, plus one sixty on the money uh, via DraftKings. No free uh, advertisements though. And then Titans plus one ten. That's easy. It was a pick me uh, earlier this week. Then it went to plus one, and then now it's up to plus two. I might just take the spread because the money's not too much different. Put a little more money on the spread. Um, Atlanta Falcons. I'm liking Matt Ryan over 281 and a half minus 115 on the money line. Matt Ryan's been playing out of his mind, and then you're gonna go play Carolina at home. And I mean, he's been throwing for 320 uh, away, you know. And so, like, I, I really like the way Matt Ryan's been playing right now. So I've been looking at him. Maybe um, even anytime touchdown from number four overall pick. Fantasy locks. Let's do something a little different this week, guys. I want one lock 
and I want, so not two, I just want one this week, one lock and one do not play. Sam, go. Damian Harris, play him. I, I know I know that's still yours, but I don't care. That's play him. Chargers can't stop a nosebleed unless it magically got better over the bye week. It didn't. I hope. I honestly I hope Damian Harris goes off so we will go grab Hicks before the deadline. I and need that. Who's, who's your don't do not, play? Keenan Allen. Bills will take out the way away the best weapon. Am Samuel said, Drake, I'm going to skip you. I literally had both of those men picked as you know the Bill. exact same. Damian Harris, you got to play him. Keenan Allen, you got to stay away from him with a 10 foot pole. You know, what, what's Bill do best? He's going to take your best best option away. And he's, and Keenan, it may be Mike, honestly, but I'm going to go, if I'm taking away a weapon, I'm going to take away Keenan because Mike, you don't get, you don't have a coverage bust. You're, you're fine. You, you can stick with him. Drake, what do you got? Um, as far as my fantasy luck, I'm going to say Aaron Jones for the Packers tonight. I think with the receiving core being uh, under COVID-19 protocols right now, I know it's Aaron Rodgers and they're not going to be scared to throw the ball, but I do think even dumps out of the backfield, I mean, Aaron Jones could very well be wide receiver two tonight as far as and, and running back one. So I think he's going to get a lot of touches. And so I, if I had Aaron Jones, I'd be starting him. Uh, as far as stay away, Obviously, staying away from Sam Darnold. I got a couple guys in, or I got a guy in my league that's starting him this week. Was looking at it, and I'm, I'm just like, he hasn't given you a reason to play him since Christian Caffrey went out. I know it is Atlanta, who is a, a down defense, but I, I still am staying away from him. You got to have somebody better at the backup. Hell, he might not even play anybody at all, and might be better. You know off. who that guy was? I had to pick up Sam Darnold because uh, Derek Carr is on a bye week, and I didn't have any other quarterback. Okay. <laughs> Before we close out, guys, we are going to do a we're gonna do a draft. The draft is quarterbacks that you would want starting for your franchise for the next, you know, eight to ten seasons. So quarterbacks right now as they sit, so you gotta take their age right now. Contracts don't play in any effect. It's like everybody, every NFL quarterback got released, and now it's just a free-for-all. Who are the three guys that are coming out? You cannot take somebody else's. Okay, so Sam, if you take Patrick Mahomes, Drake, he's off the board. Snake draft. And, snake draft then. Third goes okay, first, second we'll, round. We'll go then, snake draft. We'll go Sam. We'll go Drake. And then I'll end it out. All right, Sam, who's your number one overall? Don't pick? even. I'm looking at you Sam had, right now. If you had to pick. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. Easy. All right, Drake. I'm sorry, guys. And Sam's going to just sit there and scream and yell, but I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious, Drake. Have you not learned anything from the games this season? He sucks. This one year is not enough to convince me that he's a bust. This one he's year, played three years. It's his third year. It's a 33% of it. <laughs> it's a big percentage. I'm taking the gamble, uh, guys. I am going with Joshua Allen. 100%. He can do absolutely everything. All right. You get my two. second, yes, my second is going to have to be, it's going to have to be Joe Burrow. God dang it. Burrow is absolutely killing it this year. You got to take Joey B. He's absolutely killing it. Drake, your second pick. I was trying to decide between two guys. I'm going to go, have to go Dak Prescott. And the guy that I was comparing him with is going to be Kyler Murray. And I know he's he's given us every reason to uh, disprove every theory about him, but his size, something about his size 
it just throws me off and I'm I wonder if after this season do people figure him out. I like Dak. I like uh, I would say his durability, but I mean uh his size, his strength, I mean he can throw the ball and he's he's been really impressive whenever he has been healthy. So if I'm building a franchise, I'm going with Dak. This good y'all are gonna think this is crazy because he may not play the next three years. Deshaun Watson. I didn't even have him written down on my big one. I know. All right, Deshaun Sam, Watson. Your, your last quarterback. And the damn last it, one, if both those guys get hurt, you got to go to this guy who and was. Y'all are, y'all are really about to make me do this by the stupid snake draft and me having first because I, I have to pick him. Like I, I, And this goes against everything I stand for. So just don't. If you follow, don't I know who you're going to say. If you don't, follow me on. If you follow me on Twitter, just please, just don't hold me accountable. I gotta go with Lamar Jackson, regardless of him being able to throw the ball. He wins Sam football has games. Lost all credibility from here on out. Sam he is wins a Lamar football Jackson games. Stan. No, I'm not. He he sucks at throwing the ball, but he's gonna win you some regular season football games. And maybe once in ten years, you'll get lucky and then get some good breaks, make a Super Bowl. That's I, I feel th- like I feel like I just caught my teenage daughter having sex in the backseat of a F-150. Like, I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed in you. I never thought I would hear the words come out of your mouth. Well, I'm I, disgusted I hate, with you I right hate, now. I hate was, it the, so. was it the sex or the F-150 that made you disappointed? Okay, your Drake, driveway. I'm a Ford guy. You know this. You know this. I'm a Ford guy, too. Uh, uh, Drake, Drake what, what do you got for your last quarterback? So I'm going a different technique right here, and I'm going Super Bowl or bust. I'm drafting Tom Brady, 44 years old. Son we're, of a gun! We're going, we're going all out for the ship right here, and you know I probably should have done that after this year. I mean, after his last year or whatever, how many years he's got left? Did I, we'll figure he's it out got from 10 there. To 15 left. Oh yeah, Father Time. I wanted it to be a funny for me, dadgummit, because, you know, I said for the next, you know, eight to ten years, who do you want at the helm of your quarterback? You want Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. as your QB1, but you took him. Whatever. Don't you dare say Jimmy G. He almost has as many names as he does rings. You know what? I'm going to take the true heir apparent, and I'm going to take Mac. Oh, God. Mac Jones. I'm getting off. I'm getting off. (laughs) McCorkle Jones. You know why? You know why? He is the best rookie quarterback so far this year, and that is a fact. You can't argue with it. He makes the right decisions, makes the right reads, fits what the Patriots do. He fits what I want from a quarterback, plays with his brain, doesn't do anything too special. He's not going to force anything. I want Mac Jones as my quarterback for the next 10 years. You guys watch. Mac Jones, I get it. He's in the better situation out of all of these quarterbacks. He is the best rookie quarterback, and he's going to have the best career out of all of these rookie quarterbacks, and that's a fact. I've heard enough out of you after that. That's that's worse than the Lamar the I've Lamar heard enough pick. out of you after the Lamar Jackson stand. <laughs> that's worse than the Lamar pick, man. You guys are going to love what I'm about to tweet out from the main account. Are we, are we, are we, on, are we live right now? Or are we, oh, uh, we're live. We're live uh, right now. All right, the main account has sent out a tweet. And Samuel, I want you to read it on air. You guys will never guess who Sam's favorite QB is now. I feel like I never knew the guy. He drafted a running back for his quarterback. (laughs) That's quality humor. All right, guys. Uh, great episode. Great episode 15. Also, you know, want to give out a, another shout out to Matt McCarthy for for hopping on, talking a little Red Sox. Uh, Sam, I'm sure you're happy that 
you weren't on for that interview. Go Sox, uh, baby. To talk baseball. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, And also talking to Patriots. Everybody, good luck. Hopefully you follow Sam and Drake's bets this weekend and win you guys a lot of money. So we will see you guys on possibly Tuesday again. Who knows? We'll see you Tuesday, but we'll definitely see you Wednesday.